0: The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner,
1: staff, or management of this radio station.
2: Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the Queen of Accountability, who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here
1: is your host, Tara Kennedy-Klein. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. It is a rainy, dreary first break at summer day here in Pennsylvania. Um, I just love sitting here at my desk and looking out my window and just appreciating everything that I have. And, you know... I don't think that we do that enough. I just, you know, we just came off of Memorial Day weekend, and I just want to share something with you. I wrote a blog, um, and I posted it. I'm a, a Your Tango expert, if you've ever heard of YourTango.com. Uh, it's kind of like a relationship site, and I really thought, you know, what? why would they want a parenting expert on there? Um, I'm realizing as I grow and mature into my parenting that it's more about relationships than anything else. Um, I find a lot of parents come to me and say, you know, oh my gosh, your kids are so well behaved. And yet you talk about, you know, that you're, you know, you're not real strict and you're not harsh with discipline and you're this and that, you know, I I got, I got a lot of spankers around me. I'm just going to put that out there. Everybody knows it, but you know, they come to me and they're like, I just don't understand how you do it. And my kids would never listen to me. I think it's because I'm more focused on building the relationship with them than telling them what to do. And I had um, I had a really odd experience recently um, with with my oldest son and I gave him a list of things that I wanted him to focus on. He was he was doing some stuff that he's 14 and he's really getting into, you know, hanging out with his buddies and testing boundaries and girls and all that other stuff and I gave him a list of stuff that I wanted to focus on. And they were things like, you know, when you come to me, I would appreciate if you would, you know, approach me in this way, or I would appreciate it if you would follow through and complete the things that you say that you're going to do for your dad and I. And, you know, basically just a whole, a laundry list of stuff. I don't know if I was PMSing or what, but I was just really being a crab that day and just this whole list of stuff that I wanted him to work on or change or focus on about himself. And he looked at me and it was the coolest thing. He looked at me and he goes, "Um, mom, you're not telling me anything that you're going to work on for you to make this better for me." And I was like, "Who is your mother?" <laughs> And I really thought about it. And you know what really hit home with me, guys, is we're not perfect. We are absolutely not perfect. None of us. And that's what this whole show is based on, is the beauty and the imperfection of parenting. Until we find one of us who is perfect, if we're going to give someone we love a laundry list of things that they need to change or do or be about themselves to make us happy... We have to realize that we're the only ones who can make us happy. And we have to be willing to say, this is something that's important to me that I would like for you to work on. And now I want you to tell me something that's important to you that I can work on for you. And just because there are kids doesn't mean that we don't have to do stuff like that. Because if we don't have the relationship, if it's not reciprocal, if respect isn't reciprocal, if love isn't reciprocal, if, you know, effort and hard work and compassion and understanding aren't reciprocal, then we're failing. We're just being a a drill sergeant, you know, and that's not what parenting is about, folks. So, you know, just to share with you an insight from a 14 year old, we've all got work to do. But we need to communicate with one another and find out what's really important so that we can do that work, so that we can be healthier, happier. And I think once we do that, and once we teach our children emotional intelligence on that level, things like bullying and angry teen years and all that stuff are going to kind of melt into the background. It's not going to be that vital and important, and it's not going to be what we focus on. So with that, I want to get to my awesome guest today. This gentleman is the author of a book that caught my attention because of the title, because you all know that I'm a dream coach, but I am more of a dream coach in the dreams that you set for your life, like your daytime dreams, things that you want to do, be, have, give, that kind of stuff. So when I got information about a book, Children's Dreams, I thought, woohoo, up my alley, And then I started looking at it a little bit deeper, and what I realized was that it's about the dreams that children have while they're sleeping. So I started looking into this gentleman. His name is Kelly Buckley. Buckley, right? Yeah. See? Mm -hmm. Being from Pennsylvania, I can say it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I started looking into Kelly a little bit more, and what I found was that he and... um, Is it your mom or your sister that wrote your other books? It's my
0: mother, yeah.
1: Your mother, awesome. Dreaming Beyond Death, A Guide to Pre-Death Dreams and Visions, American Dreamers, What Dreams Tell Us About Political Psychology of Conservatives, Liberals, and Everybody Else. I'm an Everybody Else, I think, but anyway. Mm -hmm. So then you went on to write this book about kids' dreams and what they can tell us about their kids, and I am so excited about that because well, you know, I'm all about kids, but I'm also all about dreams because I believe that a lot of what we need to know about why we're here we can find in our dreams and maybe we can talk a little bit about that too. But without further ado, I'd like to welcome Kelly to the show. Hey, how are you today?
0: I, I'm, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about because you have some really awesome uh, credits to your name. I mean, you have a, a Ph.D. Um, in religion and psychological studies, and I would love to know what that has to do with dreams.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've been interested in dreams since uh, I was a teenager, I guess, and, and pretty early in college, I thought, wow, I'd really like to learn as much as I can about this, and so I just kept going to the best schools I could get into and finding the best teachers I could, and uh, uh, yeah, here I am, and, and, and writing a book with my mother was was. A lot of fun uh, uh, looking at the dynamics of children's dreams and sort of, you know, family context and growing up and all of that. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, and it seems like it is a real good fit kind of with, with the things you're interested in and things just you're trying to get across to your audience.
1: Absolutely. I you know, I I can't wait to hear like from the very beginning like what we can learn and and how you found out. Like how do you even how do you even find out about what kids are dreaming about?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, un- until children can uh tell us, you know, verbally I guess about their dreams or start drawing them perhaps, we re- really don't know. So it's 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 hard. So but but kids naturally uh, talk about their dreams. Uh, the research I did many years ago, just observing a, a, a preschool and just like hanging out at a preschool with, with the teachers and talking about the kids, I noticed like, you know, every once in a while, kids would just start talking about their dreams, you know, and then they'd go talk about something else. But it's it's part of their lives and their realities and their experiences I think it's what's weird is that 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 adults talk so little about their dreams to be honest I mean that's really the kind of the societal issue that we talk about in the book is how in our society you know dreams are kind of weird or scary or just not something that people feel comfortable talking about And we think that's a real lost opportunity for for parents and for for everybody
1: oh I couldn't agree with you more and even in my dream work I find that adults stop talking about their dreams, like like the dreams that they have for themselves. I guess somewhere along the yeah. line, somebody told us that we have to stop dreaming and get realistic, and we just took that way too seriously
0: yeah yeah well that's that's <laughs> actually uh, I think almost exactly it that that there's there's some transitional process for many people between childhood and ad- adulthood where they They lose confidence in that kind of inner capacity to dream, and 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 I think you know what you talk about as a dream coach, you know, kind of aspirational dreams and nighttime dreams. There's there's not a sharp division between the two. There's there's a a flow there for sure, Um, and yet a lot of people lose contact with that, whether it's through schooling or, you know, parental things or you know whatever. Um, But it's really it's I mean where I come at this from the, the the psychology of religion, and most of my 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 research and such is on dreams and history and different cultures and different religious traditions and it 's really shown me that, that that modern western society is 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 unusual in being so um, detached from from that that kind of dreaming source within all of us and so yeah, a big part of this book is is trying to just kind of remind people hey you know you 're dreamers, your children are dreamers and uh Here's some some things that might help you you know learn from those dreams.
1: I I think that's so fantastic because that's where a lot of my transformation came from. Um, I I'm one of those people that you know I've probably been there done that, and I was going through some depression and anxiety attacks and all that stuff, and they wanted to put me on medication. And one of the biggest healing things that I found to do was to keep a journal next to my bed Mm. and to um, when I would wake up from a dream. I also have ADD. Oh, my gosh, Kelly, you could write a book just about me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like.
0: Sounds but I, could,
1: I would wake up from these dreams, and they would be so either troubling or exciting that I would focus on them, and then I couldn't get back to sleep. So I started writing down the things yeah. that I was dreaming about that stuck out the most for me, and it helped me to calm, it helped me to relax, and it helped me to follow the paths or the the messages that i was being given in these dreams um to where i am today so
0: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. well that's that's i mean just opening opening one's sort of waking awareness to you know the idea that hey you know there might be there might be something there if you do that the dreams start flowing like that's really that's that there's a lot of actual research that suggests that just if people just pay just a little more attention to their dreams they remember more dreams more dreams you know move into their awareness and yeah the things that you can learn are really uh, are really wonderful and 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 in part you know kind of your your theme about um, helping parents kind of maintain, you know good good expectations about their own abilities and not try to be perfect and all that I mean dreams bring up our failings and our weaknesses and our fears and you know, Absolutely. that's part of the reason people, I think, are, struggle with you. It's like, oh, I don't want to get into that, you know, that <laughs> scary, dark stuff. It's like, well, do you want to grow? You know, do you want to develop? Do you want your child to grow and develop? Well, that's, then, then you have something to learn there.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to talk a lot more about that when we come back from this break.
2: Tara, the self proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education and encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment. Join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. get rebellious and get real get your dreams off the back burner get inspired and motivated to take action start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love life and business she is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 pm Central Standard Time only here on the woohoo radio network <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is,
1: Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are talking today with Kelly Bulkley. B- Bulkley, yeah. I, yeah. I keep trying to pronounce that properly. I just, I just, <laughs> just let it go, I guess. Um, but you are, it's kind of funny because you're from Berkeley,
0: right. California.
1: Um, so, you know, I just kind of say it the same way, I guess. So, the, <laughs> exactly. we're basically talking about your book. Um, is it, what is, where can people find your book and, and find you and all of that yeah. stuff, Kelly?
0: yeah thanks thanks for asking so um the book uh, children's dreams it's uh on Amazon and probably any online booksellers by roman and littlefield publishers and uh uh my website is my name kelly bulkley all one word dot uh, com and so i got the books can be found there and uh other things i've written and <laughs> pondered about and speculated about at, at my website um
1: those are the best uh, yeah, and I, and I also
0: have a. Um, I've, I've recently been developing a database of of sleep and dream reports uh, called the Sleep and Dream Database, and uh, that's that's. I've got a lot of children's dreams up there. Um, a lot of adult dreams dreams cross-cultural dreams historical dreams so that's my new kind of <laughs> my, my new toy that I'm, I'm playing with that database so
1: that's really that, cool so like would you go there like if my child had some whacked out dream and i'm like i need to know what this means would i go to that database and kind of look up like well spiders so and the, aliens and uh, yeah
0: i mean they're i mean that's what that's a that's a big question that opens a big 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 sort of line of research because that that's what i'm working on it's kind of the beginning of that process but what i could do now is say oh if your child had a dream of you know a purple octopus you could type in purple octopus and see if any other people or children or anybody had had a dream like that and think about what that might mean i mean someday i i i'm hoping that it'll kind of grow into a kind of scientifically based way of identifying you know real meanings in dreams but uh that's 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 the next book maybe. <laughs> so.
1: That's cool. Do you think that dreams do have real hidden meanings?
0: You know, I think that dreams have many many layers of meanings. I mean, there's at one level they're they're very accurate mirrors of our waking uh, emotional concerns. So, you know, pretty much whatever you care about in the waking world, you're more likely to dream about than other things, and that's just that's a real Thing. But then kind of below that layer of emotional concern, there are deeper layers and, and meanings relating to our our instincts and our desires and our emotions and um, all sorts of stuff, things going on in the culture around us. Um, so that's why, you know, dreaming is, is, is hard to pin down because it, you can never say, well, there's the meaning and that's that and there's nothing else there, um, And that's kind of frustrating to some people who like their answers, you know, nice and neat and cut and dried. But if you like, if you recognize that a lot of things in life aren't cut and dried and you realize, wow, there's, there's, you know, multiple layers here. Dreams, dreams can be really uh, uh, exciting in that, in that for, you know, for that kind of exploration.
1: That's kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people that. If you – like if I say to you, okay, I, I'm constantly – like I was just talking to <laughs> – we just got a message. The recurring dreams about tornadoes. Mm. I have recurring dreams about whirlpools, which is really kind of funny. Oh, uh,
0: yeah.
1: Right? So like if those – if I were to say, you know, okay, does that have a meaning? And the person would go, mm, no, I'd be like, oh, really? Then why am I having them all the time? <laughs> right, right,
0: right. Well, see, that's – right, and that's that's a uh, – a kind of dream that the that, that children often have in the sense that it, 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 you know, I'm assuming that you don't see whirlpools on a regular basis in your daily life, that that's coming right. from someplace else. And that's when a dream seems to come from someplace else, I think that's when it starts to get really interesting because that starts to shade into spirituality and, and kind of philosophical questions about, you know, what are we and, and, and what's our place in kind of the big scheme of things. And 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 dreams like that, uh, you know, tornadoes, uh, whirlpools. um, Sometimes, you know, kids will describe dreams of like, you know, flying through space, in ways that aren't aren't just like, oh, they saw that on TV or something. But there's, those are dreams that, in, in the book, we talk about the psychologist Carl Jung. Um, and his idea about what, what he called archetypal symbols, which are symbols that are kind of rooted in the, the, the instincts of our, our species, sort of, you know, every human has these same core instincts and uh, dreams like that. You know, they, trust me, there are, there are people who have dreamed, had recurrent dreams of whirlpools and tornadoes and things like that throughout history. That's a, that's a, a, a typical kind of human dream. Uh, and so if there's a meaning to it it's not so much oh you know you should I don't know go to this movie rather than that movie tomorrow it's more a meaning about you know yeah you're a human and this is this that kind of you know whirlpoolish power is is a reality in your life um I don't know I could I, I could I get prefer more perspective to think about that, that it
1: means I'm going to be wildly successful and crazy rich
0: <laughs> well that 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 that's that, that, that you know, you look up a dream dictionary. It might say something like that. Who knows? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I could just make it up and be happy with it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and, and and that's ultimately dreams are not like a magic eight ball. It's not like oh, you know, your dream tells you to do this or that. It's 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 a, a window into your own inner life. But then you you wake up and you figure out what you want to do with it. You know, a whirlpool's got a lot of energy, and it sounds like you've got a lot of energy. So that's you know hey, that's yeah. <laughs>
1: It's. I think my husband tells me that it's because I have so many things going on at one time that it's just mm. I'm in a constant swirl of activity and motion. And, yeah. you know, I'm trying to bring it all together.
0: Yeah, but the thing, well, I mean, we don't do this on air, but I mean, the thing about a whirlpool is it's also very um, structured, you know? I mean, it's not chaotic. It's, it's, you know, every particle is flowing in a, you know, as part of a bigger swirling design so that's you know that's kind of an image of you know a lot of things going on but but in a you know uh an organized flow sounds to me
1: <laughs> that's pretty awesome kelly because i also heard the words one time it all comes together eventually
0: hmm. well mm-hmm. whirlpools ultimately you know i guess their mathematical sort of design is to focus on a, a point so yeah all coming together at one, one off wow. point.
1: <laughs> so that's kind of cool. I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, so-
0: why not? Why not? Well, that's that's we you know working with dreams. It's it's it, like I said, it's not a magic eight ball thing, but it, it hopefully opens up questions or thoughts that 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 then your waking mind can kind of go with. And that's why you know getting back to children's dreams. You know, I think it's it's helpful to have children aware that they're dreamers and these these kinds of things happen to them and they're worth thinking about.
1: And I think it's an amazing opportunity for conversation because I'm like the the conversation guru. Yeah. So for me, if it's one more opportunity for conversation, that in and of itself is a blessing. Yeah. So, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I heard you say that in your your intro about, you know, the goal of building trust rather than kind of, you know, creating behavioral boundaries and guidelines and such, but that, that, you know, to really get a, a good thing going with your kid. And yeah, dreams, dreams are a, a, actually a very um, easy way of getting a conversation going about rather deep emotional issues in a kid's life. Cause they're kind of indirect, you know, you're not really, you're not talking about what's really going on. You're, you know, just talking about a dream. Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 this gets to you know something you know one of the main things I like to get across in talking about the book is that that we look at dreaming as a kind of play, that that the dreaming is the the play of the imagination uh, while we sleep, and when when parents think about dreaming not as sort of this weird neurological thing but but the the, the mind at play during sleep it kind of helps link up. How to look at dreams with how we look at children's play generally, which is to hopefully you know to respect it as an amazing source of creativity and 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 exploration and discovery in children's lives, and dreaming you know we think is doing much the same thing, and so when you know I think that's that's a good thing to keep in mind when parents are trying to talk with their kids about dreams. Is you know you're not trying to be you know <laughs> you know Dr. Freud and like interpreting and analyzing and saying oh well, clearly your dream means this or that, but your child shares a dream, it's 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 something to play with, to to just think about and talk about and to sort of explore in an open-ended um, kind of not super serious way, and and I think that if that's the spirit in which parents think about their children's dreams, it It can open up a lot of conversation, like you say, just just naturally, just kind of in the everyday course of life.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm hearing all kinds of my brain works in a really strange way. But Mm -hmm. like as you were saying that I was hearing all kinds of conversations that could evolve, even like to say to explain That dreaming isn't reality because a lot of kids are scared Mm -hmm. to death of their dreams. But to be able to say, oh, my gosh, your brain was really having a great time last night with that dream. And then to be able to say to them, "Okay, well, it ended before you got to see how it played out how do you think that dream could end or, exactly. you know, and, and use it as a story starter. Oh my gosh, Kelly, that is such a cool. Yeah. I just, I love the way that that could totally evolve. I mean, we yeah. only have like 30 seconds until we go to our next break. So I don't want to get into a big thing yeah. about it. But I, when we come back, I really want to talk to you about, can you hear how excited I'm getting as I'm talking about mm-hmm, this? Now? Yeah. When we come back from the break, I really want to talk to you about, um, how we can maybe journal with our kids mm, about yeah, these dreams because yeah, yeah. that's another that's another thing that I love to do. And I really, really want to talk to you about how you handle um, when kids come to us with night terrors or when they come right. to us with scary dreams or stuff like that because I have – um, we do a lot here. of work. Yeah, we, it really is huge, and I do – we do a lot of work in the special needs community, Um And a lot of my clients have kids that are on the spectrum and they'll have these wild, crazy dreams, but then they won't sleep like it'll it'll start a pattern of just not sleeping like these kids don't sleep for years. So when we come back, I want to talk to you about nightmares and night terrors and how to start a ritual for bedtime.
2: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage, courage to live consciously fearlessly and joyfully and then know know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life she is here to help you discover believe and know so join gail your spiritual girlfriend every friday at noon eastern standard time only here on the woohoo radio network back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein.
1: welcome back to the show we are having a great time and a great conversation with my guest kelly bulkley today um we are talking about kids dreams like their nighttime dreams and if you're just joining us um kelly has an awesome book that he wrote with his mom uh patricia bulkley so and they talk about um their gift which is Dreams, you know, nighttime dreams and what they mean and and how we can use them for good instead of evil. And before the break, we were talking about how we can have conversations with our kids around their good dreams um, and use those as conversation starters and, you know, just letting our kids know that that's part of their imagination and it's awesome and it's cool. And I loved what you said. Um, Dreaming is the play of the imagination while we sleep. I absolutely love that. I, I deal with a lot of, um, parents whose kids have night terrors, um, you know, lack of sleep. The kids will get up at two o'clock in the morning and climb into bed with them. So, you know, that creates mom and dad problems too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, how do you deal with that kind of stuff, Kelly?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we, we definitely, we actually have a whole chapter talking about some issues involving, I mean, cause dreaming happens as, as we're talking about it. I mean, there's there's, like we said, aspirational dreams, but but dreams that happen in sleep sort of depend on sleep to, to, to occur. So if, if a child's really struggling with sleep, it's, that's, that's probably putting some pressure on their, you know, kind of ability to have a healthy dream life. And so, yeah, there's uh, the general, you know, insight that we try to get across about sleep is that uh, for children, sleeping can be hard. Uh, you know, I mean, and that's obvious, but in the sense that That it's it's leaving. Why it's hard is that it's leaving the world, the waking world, the the world, of the family, the parents, sort of the the known arena, and and entering in a in an unknown space. I mean, sleep is you know in some senses a kind of a scary unknown realm. And so, um, helping children feel comfortable, letting go of this world, and naturally healthily entering into the sleep world and feeling comfortable with that and comfortable that when they wake up, they're going to be back in the safe, secure world again. That, that's, I think, the, the, the basis for the elaborate rituals that, that most of us engaging with our kids at bedtime. And, and so, you know, the first thing I'd, I, I'd say to a parent who's thinking about how, how to help their child sleep better is, you know, look carefully at the bedtime ritual. Um, you know, when you start going to bed, you know, when the child starts getting ready for bed, um, what are, you know, how can you uh, diminish, you know, stimulation, whether it's light or sound or other things going on that, you know, kind of distract the child from that, that process, and then how to make them feel as safe and secure as possible as they let go, you know, because going to sleep kind of involves a letting go, Um and then yeah. you know at the other end when they wake up you know what are the circumstances when they wake up is it you know really abrupt and sharp and you know like is there a, an alarm clock that blares in their ear or something or are there ways to help them kind of come out of sleep in a more comfortable way that makes the whole experience uh, you know kind of a more 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 satisfying part of their lives which it, which it should be i mean you know sleep is like eating or Breathing—it's a—it's a—it's a fundamental biological need, you know. So we, we we definitely. The more we think about how to create a good environment for children to sleep, you know, that 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 can help somewhat anyway.
1: You know, that brought up so much stuff for me, Kelly. Mm-hmm. It, that was like an amazing aha moment that I that you gave me. Oh. I don't know how many other parents related to what you just said the way I did. Do you know how we could change the bedtime dynamic? I get parents that come to me that their only frustration in life is bedtime. Yeah. Because their kids refuse to go to sleep and they're fighting with them and blah, blah, blah. And we make it this big all about me thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this child is making my life so hard because they won't go to sleep. I wonder how many parents would stop and think, sleeping is really really scary for a little kid everything about it yeah yeah they're away from us they're in the dark they're going to an unknown space where they don't feel safe and protected oh my gosh no wonder children some children have a hard time going to sleep
0: yeah wanted you know where where mom and dad you know they wake up and they they want to yeah yeah no it's it's um, and it and the whole
1: letting them yeah. cry it out thing would probably, in my opinion, wouldn't that kind of make it worse?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a wow. That's a that's such a tough one. And 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 I'm I'm, I, you know, as with most either or things, I I try to find the both and, uh, you know, way to go because it at one level, you know, it's it's the balance between the child feeling safe and so knowing that, you know, caregivers, parents, whoever are are there and close by, but also feeling. Um, confident enough that it's okay to let go and to and to, 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 to sleep to, to kind of enjoy that um that kind of rest. I mean, it's I don't I'm not sure if this is totally related, but it, you know one one curious fact about people who are depressed, adults who are depressed, is mm-hmm. that they have really intense sleep patterns that make it hard for them to kind of stay calmly asleep, and if the medication to work with them happen to sort of dampen down the intensity of their brain activities during sleep and just help them enter that space. And so it's not saying that the kids are depressed or mentally ill who can't who have trouble sleeping, but it's, it's that mm-hmm. the mental activity, the sort of the, the, you know, the like, Oh, you know, what's going on. And, and, and I think that's what parents see behaviorally as kids being obnoxious or jumping around or being annoying to my eyes, that kids, you know, struggling with their fears of of letting go of the parents, letting go of the world you know kind of the waking world and so yes yeah, sure. and so then it then it, it comes back to you know reading some good stories or you know telling some stories uh you know the physical proximity of tucking a kid into bed and you know saying prayers um, you know having a glass of milk or what you know the whole whatever it is there's no there's no uh, recipe for it, but, it, you know, it's sort of parents, you know, trial and error intuition about what helps their child feel uh, comfortable. Um, that was one, of, one of our kids, I think it was our oldest, he somehow, we got into a process with our bedtime ritual where he asked us to tell us, tell him a story when we were kids of some, some ouchie, we called it ouchie stories. you know, like sometimes you got hurt and then mm-hmm. how you got better after getting hurt. You know so we tell you know i got a bloody nose or i broke my pinky finger or, you know like little things and wow. somehow hearing those stories helped them feel more comfortable and then okay great <laughs> thanks good night like okay whatever whatever it takes you know whatever it takes to help them feel ready to yeah. go
1: whatever works buddy
0: yeah yeah
1: for us it was journaling It was journaling at night and releasing anything that made us feel incomplete or or stressed or agitated. We would write it down. We would write down five or ten things that we were grateful for no matter what they were you know it could mm-hmm. be the air you breathe or it could be your Wii console i don't care what it is you know right. if you want to put right. some materialistic stuff on there that's not up to me to judge but um you know but, but that process that journaling process was the thing that was almost like their meditation that was that became their calming right. and and for me, with the ADD and the anxiety and the depression, I was one of those people that at two o'clock in the afternoon Kelly i was I could lay down and fall asleep for three hours and and the mm-hmm. world would go away. Um, but then at mm-hmm. night, I was up all night long. I had insomnia at mm. night, yeah. my brain was constantly going. so when I started to meditate, and I always thought, "Oh my gosh, i can 't meditate i can 't keep my eyes or closed or sit still for that long." when I learned how to do it for short periods of time and then I got better and better and better at it, that became my medic medication. That was my calming. Mm-hmm. That's what got me yeah. into a state that I could sleep calmly. And now I'm masterful at it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, 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 it's a skill that can be developed. That's the, that's, you know, and this goes back to, you know, my, my, my interest in religious history and such, but that's, very similar to the kinds of things that Buddhists and Hindus and others through history have done in terms of help, you know, specific ways of kind of focusing one's attention and and, 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 and awareness in a way that can kind of diminish the, you know, the, the hyperactive, I mean, in Buddhist context, they call it monkey mind. You know, the mind when it's like a monkey, it's just like jump, jumping around and just like mm-hmm. never, never sits still, it can't stop in any one place. And to calm that monkey mind, you know, is, uh, you know, speaking again as as, as parents with, with with children, you know, that's that's a challenge. But it's but but they, I always found that that the kids got the most high, sort of hyper right before they crashed, you know. So it's like just when they're they're getting to sort of their peak annoyance, you know, that's when they kind of collapse and there might be some tears, but it, then they kind of <laughs> go limp and, and mm-hmm. off to sleep. So, uh, it's, uh, it's sometimes it's not pretty, uh, <laughs> but, Me <either>. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sometimes it takes a glass of wine to calm my monkey mind, but
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever would <laughs> yeah. like to say, whatever it takes. Whatever
1: it takes. It's true, it's true. And you know, the thing that's really funny too is um you use the term monkey mind as that that to me is the A D D brain. That's like my brain. It's all over the yeah. place. You know, if there's something sparkly, I'm focused on that for the mm-hmm. minute. And but our children, and a lot of parents don't know this either, our children are in their primal brain, which is their amygdala, right? Yeah. So they're yeah. in fight-or-flight mode until they're in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so trying to reason with a person who doesn't have the ability to reason
2: yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. is
1: kind of like trying to get a monkey to go to sleep. That's really funny. We're going to go to break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about recurring dreams. And um, you, we started talking a little bit about rituals. I want to talk about that a little bit more too when we come back sure. from this break.
2: Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. Are you ready? Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. Where you matter and your business thrives. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein.
1: everybody we are having a great show today with my guest kelly bulkley and we are talking about children's dreams his new book that uh has come out recently that he wrote with his mother patricia and um i am just so fascinated by this whole um the whole concept of creating rituals and and space it, it, to me, Kelly, it almost seems like you're creating a permissive space for kids to allow themselves to go to sleep because i the that whole part of the conversation that we had earlier, where we were talking about how sleep is so scary for kids, which is why they fight it so yeah. much and all that is there like is there like a ritual um I know that we talked about um like your your child used to ask you something that, you know, a boo-boo that you got over or whatever. Um, And for us, it was journaling. When, like, is there something that you recommend in your book or that parents could put into practice if they're really, really struggling? My thing especially is naps. I find that kids are – cutting out the naps earlier and earlier and earlier in the people that I work with. And I think it's make, I think kids are struggling as a result of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's naps are, um, uh, to me, I think a, a, a really healthy thing for, for children. I mean, I've, I've lived long enough to see, you know, how much variability there is. So it, it's not a one size fits all thing, but I'm really happy to say, for example, i my, 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 Twenty-two-year-old son just came home for the the holiday weekend. I just saw him, and he to this day is a napper. Like he'll take a between a thirty and sixty-minute nap pretty much every day, and it really helps him function well. And and <laughs> you know, we were as as parents, we definitely um, tried to organize other things in life around preserving that nap space. I mean, you know, and parenting is hard and nothing works all the time. You know, of course, that's true. But we really were very, uh, you know, persistent in trying to carve out, you know, and and create a sense with the kids, like, yeah, you know, your body kind of naturally has A low time in the afternoon and it's okay you know again it's one of these almost permission issues it's like it's okay to lie down and go to sleep for a little bit Um, and you'll actually feel much better (laughs) when you wake up and in fact to to me as a parent I loved I love 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 that first like maybe half hour after one of our kids would wake up from a nap because they were just so clear they were so calm an alert, like that, was just a, a beautiful little moment of consciousness. I always found right after they woke up from a nap, um, and and you know, so I think that 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 in sort of parenting practice terms, you know, just doing everything you can to create that kind of regular expectation that yeah, this is the time, and even if the kid just you know wants to lie quietly in. A, a, a darkened room for, you know, lie in bed or play with stuffed animals or something. But just quiet time. You know, maybe it shifts a little bit at a certain point from nap time to quiet time. But mm-hmm. <laughs> quiet time means quiet. <laughs> so
1: That's so funny that you say that because I just had um, on my Facebook page, I just had one of my parent nation peeps pose a question because she's a single mom and her four-year-old has stopped taking naps and she wanted to know like when can she get her work done should she insist on naps and it's really funny because that's one of the things that I recommended to her that I used to do I had an in-home daycare and you know at two o'clock between two and three o'clock it was one hour every day between two and three o'clock was quiet time so if you if you felt that you were tired and you wanted to go to sleep great if not we're not going to disrupt the other kids who are sleeping you can do yeah. puzzles you can read books you can do anything that's quiet but this is quiet time and do you know like 90 percent of the time by the time 230 rolled around everybody was snoring you know?
0: exactly <laughs> exactly that's that's the thing that's right if their bodies just stop moving for a moment <laughs> you know they're snoring yep. so <laughs>
1: i know that happens to me all the
0: time <laughs> but it but it does but some kids you know, their metabolisms or whatever run a little hotter, and they just, you know, I mean, I I remember, you know, a friend whose uh, son, I guess it was, you know, gave up naps like at one and was like, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, because she was doing everything right. Um, but some kids, that's just, they just have a... So then it's, you know, maybe weaving other phases of quiet time in the day might not be a classic, you know, mid-afternoon nap. There might be other... Ways of helping, you know, because I mean, kids need need their downtime, sleep, sleep and rest are, you know, obviously really really important for growing and uh, mm. healthy development.
1: Absolutely, I I read some kind of strange study that like a certain percent of our brain growth and our body growth occurs while we're sleeping.
0: Yeah, well, that's yeah, and that's why you know, in some ways, when 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 we talk about. Uh, children's nightmares, which are, you know, bad dreams and disturbing dreams, and they wake up crying. And um, you know, we 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 compare those kinds of dreams to to growing pains that kids have. You know, as their bodies are literally, you know, stretching and growing. You know, it hurts, and they're like, "Oh, my legs hurt. Uh, my wow, my back hurts, or whatever." And and you know, nightmares and bad dreams from time to time. That's just kind of mental growing.
2: Wow. That's just
0: kind of the brain just kind of stretching and dealing with new things. And it kind of hurts while you're growing, you know, you're changing. But uh, it's part of that, that healthy growing process. So.
1: That's such a really cool way to look at it, Kelly. I yeah, love that.
0: Yeah, we, we really, we do, again, we're trying to reassure parents, like, don't, you know, your kid has the bad dream every now and then. That's that's part of the, that's the way it works. They're just, they're growing up. They're, they're like I said, their brains are kind of stretching out. And it, it, it. It's it's confusing sometimes it it it, it hurts it's weird but uh, if if the if the parents you know I, I find kids you know when they face a new experience they you know and they almost look to the parents like what should I be feeling about this like is this a mm-hmm. scary thing <laughs> is this not a scary thing and if parents don't freak out about you know a, a bad dream from time to time and just say oh wow that wow that's you know you give them the hugs you. Cuddle but you don't panic. You don't like immediately call the doctor or something necessarily. Um, and and you know, then the kid realized, wow, well, it, it was scary because it was weird, you know. And then, well, why was it weird? Well, what's well, this happened and that happened, and then you can kind of get past that initial kind of fearful response of something out of the ordinary, and and maybe learn something from it.
1: See, that's so cool because I get a lot of that question, too, especially um, with like the night terrors thing and the the sleepwalking. And, you know, do you do you talk to them about it and let them tell you about it? Is that reinforcing it or do you silently try to put them back to bed? And, you know, I struggle with that so much. But my first instinct is I want them to tell me about the dream, even if they don't want to. You know, like how hard do you push?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, if it's a middle of the night kind of you know red alert situation, you know, where the kid's crying or they're suddenly they're walking around a different room or something, um, you know, first order of business is you know comforting them, making sure they're safe and they know that they're safe. If they're kind of, I mean, with night terrors, you know, the, they a child can seem that they're awake. You know, their eyes may be open, but you can you know they're not really awake. And, you know, 500 years ago, you know, that's how a lot of people were, you know, accused of being witches or possessed or something. You know, people in other places and times when night terrors happen would really think, oh, my God, there's demons, you know, possessing my child. Uh, Because, you know, it's it's a weird state, right? You know, their eyes are open, they're screaming, but but they're not really there. There's kind of a vacant look in their eyes. So usually with, with a night terror or sleepwalking, just kind of, Getting them back, you know, laying down, uh, you know, a lot of physical comforting, cuddling, hugging, you know, just making them uh, physically sure that they're they're in an okay place. That's kind of the, the main thing, of course. Mm-hmm. If 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 it's a, if it's a, a you know a, a dream where the child actually wakes up and says, "Wow, I had this this terrible scary dream," you know, then then it's kind of comforting and. If it, if it if it helps to to um ask you know what what was going on or you know what 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 was it about and right so parenting instinct has to kick in there in judgment about you know how much helps them kind of get the dream out of their own mind so they can kind of you know that can be helpful to talk about it and kind of get it out mm-hmm. um other times maybe they're like oh I'm not sure I can talk about it. and then you just you know wait till morning you know morning time uh, then might be an opportunity to kind of, you know, in a little calmer space, uh, explore the dream a little bit more. You know, what was that like? Could you maybe draw a picture of that? Um, uh, you know, and something that, you know, kind of talks about the next morning, you know, I think it's, it's helpful not just for parents to, you know, encourage their children to share their dreams, but from time to time for parents to volunteer their own dreams to their children. Say, hey, you know, I, I had a weird dream last night. You want to hear it? just to 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 show that you know you mentioned the outset you know kind of the mutuality of a a good parent child relationship and that 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 extends to sharing dreams too, I think you know you you don't drop your you know huge conflict heavy <laughs> dreams on top right? of them but
1: but you know like <laughs> I you had your kind father of a, a... was having an affair and I killed her no yeah you know yeah <laughs> yeah maybe
0: maybe not that one, maybe not that one but uh, but you know just to again to emphasize the point that hey we're all dreamers, and you know your child learns. Takes, takes his or her cue from you, you know, as to what life is like. So if you're comfortable with your dreams, much more likely your child's going to feel comfortable with their dreams. So
1: That's so cool. And, you know, it's you said that we have so much in common, it, even though it's daytime and nighttime dreams. Like, that's what we do in the Stop Raising Einstein process, too, is... Hmm we will each take turns answering the prompted question, like right. what's three acts of service that I witnessed today or um, right. you know, what's something that went wrong today that I would do differently if I could. We each answer that question in our own words. And right. so I really love the idea of being able to have that conversation around dreams with our kids. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Kelly, it's, the time has flown by, kind of like when you're it, sleeping. It, Ironic. Seems like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we are—we're uh, almost out of time, but I definitely want everybody to again be able to find you. So it's Kelly Bulkley. And you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, and the book uh, Children's Dreams is available on Amazon and on your website. And I hope everybody takes the time to check you out and learn about what you do because I think it's such valuable work. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Next week starts Dad Day Month, so join us when all month long we're going to be talking to dads who are doing awesome things in parenting. Have a great week and keep playing. Make these stop-raising
2: Einstein principles. Your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely, and of course, listen.